Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Ruby. My name is Joshua. I'm the pastor here and good to see you guys. It looks like fall is here. It was like 88 degrees. So I mean, I feel like it really dipped down from the 95 that it's been. And so I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm excited for what's going on this morning. Um, I just, I feel like God has something special for us. And um, I'm gonna invite my friend Alex to come on up. Can y'all just give it up for Alex, even if you don't know why? And yeah, I see Alex brought a squad with him this morning, which I respect that so much. It is That's very right. necessary. That's right. Um, I love how in church we just clap. Like, hey, he's coming up. We all just clap. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. What, what for? I don't know. Yeah, it's amazing. What a, I appreciate what, it. What a good place to be. It. I appreciate it. Um, a little backstory on this guy. So um, I was teaching at Lipscomb several months ago and uh, to this chapel, and I felt the Spirit just like leading me to almost just trash my whole teaching and just invite us to pray. I just felt like God was just leading us to pray. And we just all started praying. The Spirit was clearly moving. And then afterward, I remember Alex, he came up to me, and he still had this blinging cross necklace on at that time. That's what I remember That's most true. about when you first walked up to me. I was like, nice cross, man. Let's go. Yeah, he kind of made um, fun of me for it. And uh, anyway, I thought that joke would go over well. So um, did I. Yep. I did not. Um, but he came and talked to me. What I remember was from that moment that as he was just sharing his heart, and he just wanted to get to know me and hang out, and I could just tell this guy really loves <laughs> the Lord, and, and he's just like pursuing Jesus. And We've been walking together pretty closely since then. Um, he's interning for me at, at Ethos, and so on Thursdays, he helps build our, teach, he helps build our teachings um, every week. And so if I ever have a good idea, there's a good chance it came from Alex. And uh, so every Thursday, I'll teach my teaching, and he'll give me feedback. And he's also working toward notes for the next week. And so, man, he's been awesome there. He's also in my house church, where we're talking about what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus that makes disciples of Jesus. And I give you all this background, because I want you to know that the guy up here, I know who he is behind the scenes when no one's looking, and I love that man so much. And so just so you know, this guy just loves the Lord. Um, he's a communications major at Lipscomb, right? Yeah, yes. Right. I know him really well. We're like best friends. That's your major, right? Um, yeah, but he's a senior at, at Lipscomb, and um, he wants to communicate for a living. Um, he wants to inspire like high schoolers and, and speak to them, and he hasn't had a chance to preach a sermon before. And so what I love about this place and what I'm trying to foster here is Man, if there's people with gifting, we want to find ways to help them unleash that gifting. And so Alex is going to teach this week. I, a few weeks ago, I was looking at my calendar and saw that all week long this past week, Monday through Friday, I was going to be teaching and training and walking with church planners, Monday through Friday. And then yesterday, I had the privilege of teaching to our middle schoolers and high schoolers um, at one o'clock and seven o'clock. So I was like, man, I'm teaching all week long. I'm going to be a crazy person by Sunday. And so I just was like, God, you know, who's, who should speak? What should we do about that Sunday? And I was just so excited to tap Alex on the shoulder. So he's gonna teach for us today. And I just wanna give a word to us as a church family here. It's so easy because we live in a culture that really trains us every day to be consumers, right? I mean, anytime you're gonna to go to a restaurant, if you're like me, you check the reviews. It's like you're trained to think through the lens of assessing and analyzing and, and rating the places you go. That's not what we're gonna do here this morning. So we don't come here as consumers going, Alex, there's zero to five stars. I'll let you know what you score right afterward, okay? It's like you get 2.5. You don't have to be scared of that, right? Like we're not gonna do that. Instead of being consumers or people that critique, let's be contributors this morning. Like will you just, will you just agree with me? Will you lean in this morning? When he says something good and it moves your heart, give him an amen. Give him a mm, a good church mm moment. I need it. I need when it. He, when he says a joke that's funny, you'll laugh naturally. When he says a joke that's not funny, give me a good fake laugh, like your best fake laugh ever. A really okay? good one. Um, a really but good just one. support our guy. Can you guys just like nod in agreement that we're going to support Alex this morning? Okay. Um, and then also, like, if you've ever spoken 
publicly, if you remember the first time, it is... Hey, this is terrifying. It's awful. Yeah, it's this awful. is terrifying. It, it's hard. Um, <clears throat> it but then secondly, we're not just going to support him and cheer for him. We're going to acknowledge that God is going to speak. Like, he's going to speak through Alex. Like, that God has something to say to us. He's going to bless us. So can I get one more, like, nod of agreement there? Yeah, God's going to move and speak. Okay, so we love you. There's no... <clears throat> Spit on your shirt. That's gross. Sorry. That's disgusting. That's messed up. Hey, dude. we're closer now. That, we're closer now. You didn't um, know my major. But uh, we love you. Seriously, there's no pressure on you to perform or impress us. Like we're your family and we support you. So I'm gonna pray over Alex, and then we'll, we'll get started. But God, thank you so much for this man. I know this guy really well. I just thank you for what before he was ever in front of people talking. There have been things you've been working in his heart. You've been cultivating just a man of God. I just, I love you and praise you for that. It's from you. You're all over his story from his time in Ohio to him getting to Nashville and us meeting at Lipscomb. I've just seen you working in his life. God, I thank you. I thank you for the man he is when no one's looking. God, will you help us as a church just to, to be a good family today that supports our brother who's teaching for the first time and to be warm and but also to have ears to hear because God, you are going to speak. You're going to move and so Lord, help us to hear you and then to step into obedience. We love you. We bless your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. She you, baby. Thank you. Give it up for Alex one more time. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, guys, to the Ruby. Um, so if you haven't been with us or if you're familiar with the series we've been going through, we've been going through a series called Rooted, uh, Living Deeply in a Hurried World. And today, I'm going to be speaking out of Mark. I'm going to be talking about what it looks like to have a life surrendered to Jesus. Uh, before I get into, I'm always tripping. I tripped in the 9 a.m. I tripped now. I'm sorry. I'm gonna this over. Um, before I get into the scripture, I want to kind of walk us through a scenario. How many of you guys have been skydiving before? Okay, sweet. All right, cool. So you guys are going to be a little bit familiar with what I'm going to try to walk through. I haven't been. So if I'm wrong in any way, just don't say it, okay? Because no one else will know. So um, I'm going to, the parallel that I'm kind of drawing here is that skydiving and like just every kind, everything kind of leading up to that is very similar to what it looks like to kind of be walking towards a life surrender to Jesus, right? So if you guys will close your eyes for me and just try to picture this as best you can, okay? So you just got done with all the training and all the stuff you have to go through to get ready to skydive. You're in the suit, you're walking up to the plane and you just feel that pit in your stomach and you're just, you're nervous, you're anxious, you're like, wow, that, I'm about to jump out of that plane. And you're a little bit hesitant because you're not sure if that plane's gonna hold everyone that's supposed to hold. You're a little nervous about it, but you're like, all right, no, we're here, we're gonna do it. So you get onto the plane and you take off, you reach altitude and you're cruising, you're flying. And that pit in your stomach just, just gets a little bit bigger, right? The nervousness, the anxiousness, it gets a little stronger. You're getting a little bit more hesitant. And you're like, man, maybe, maybe I won't jump. Maybe I'll just land with the plane. And then you think about the non-refundable deposit you put down, that contract you signed, and you're like, maybe I will jump because I don't want to waste my money on this. So you're flying, you're cruising, you're like, all right, you know what, I'm going to do it. And then it comes to be your turn to jump. And then you're looking, you're, you're at the edge of the plane, you're looking down, and you see everything you're about to jump into, right? And the instructor says, I'm going to count backwards from three, and then we're going to jump. Three two, one, jump. Now you're falling. And that anxiousness and nervousness that you have, that you had, is now gone. And the only thing you're, you're worried about right now is that the parachute's going to open. That's the only thing on your mind, 
So open up your eyes. So that is a kind of a depiction of what I think it looks like to live a life surrendered to Jesus. And I'm gonna get into it through scripture and everything like that. But I just want you guys to kind of, as I go through this, kind of hold on to that scenario and how you felt in each of those parts, like walking up on the plane, jumping out, all right? So I'll be reading out of Mark 8, uh, verses 27 through 38. If you have an ethos Bible, it'd be page 492. And to give a little bit of background before I get into the scripture, uh, Jesus is fresh off of doing some serious miracle work, right? He just fed 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread, which is pretty crazy. And he just healed a blind man. All right, so people are starting to get familiar with what Jesus is about, what he's doing. They're like, yo, he's for real. So just keep that in mind as we read through this, okay? So verse 27. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Syria, Philippi, Caesarea Philippi, sorry guys, Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say, Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling to the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone will come... If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now, that was a lot of scripture. That was a lot. If any of you were kind of tired, that was probably kind of difficult. I'm sorry. But that was supposed to be a joke. That didn't land, but we'll keep it going. All right. Um, so I'm going to break it up chunk by chunk so, and just kind of go through it and what kind of Jesus is saying, the conversation he's having. And so for this first part, 27 through 30, the disciples have been walking with Jesus for a while, right? Like I said, he just got done doing some miracle work. So they realize that he's for real, he's legit. And they're hearing chatter about who people think that Jesus is. And so Jesus asks them, who do people say that I am? And he, you know, they go through John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets. So people know that Jesus is someone important. They know he's someone that's, that's there. That's like, we're in Nashville. That's like, you see someone who's like famous, but you just can't really place them. You're like, oh, I know who that is, but like, I just, I can't place them. I don't know where I've seen them, where I've heard, but I know there's somebody, right? A little bit different example, because it's not Jesus, but like, you get it, right? So people are like, yeah, he's for real. Like, I just can't, I don't know. And Jesus then asks, who am I to you? And then Peter responds, you are Christ. You are the Messiah. And Messiah, if you're not familiar with that term or definition, is the expected king and deliverer of the Jews. Now, I think it's very important to understand that 
during this, this context, during this period, uh, a lot of people think that the Messiah, like Christ, is this prominent political figure that's gonna come and rule the entire empire and that just be untouchable and anything basically but a servant, right? But Jesus is a servant and we know that through scripture where he says, the son of God came to serve, not be served. And they're wrapped up in this context of this is what the Messiah is supposed to look like. And then what's crazy about that is the concept of the difference between someone who's just important, like, like a teacher, and someone who is the savior, the Christ, the Messiah, right? That gap is eternally wide. Like with a teacher or someone important, you hear something, they tell you something, you're like, oh, that sounds good. I'm gonna hold on to that. Maybe I'll apply it later on. I'm not really sure. I might forget it. Who knows? I don't know. That's up to you to decide. But when the savior says it, when Christ says it, that's the law of your life. Like if you don't listen to what I'm saying, death will surely follow. And that's kind of heavy, but it's true. Like, death will surely follow if you do not listen to the commands that I give. And moving on in the verses 31 and 33, Jesus then starts to talk about his death, his suffering, and his resurrection. And Peter takes him aside when he says this, and he's like, hey, whoa, you're wrong. <laughs> what is that? I'm gonna rebuke you. I'm gonna rebuke Jesus Christ. That's what I'm gonna do right now. And that's what he does. And because <laughs> Jesus just said, Peter, he asked Peter, yo, who am I? He didn't say yo, sorry. He said, who am I? And Peter answers, and Jesus is like, yeah, you're right. And just think about that. Like, Jesus just asked you a question, and you're right. You're like, yes. <laughs> Nailed it. And then he says a couple other things, and you're just like, hold up. Nope, I'm right. I know I am. You just said I am. Let's talk about this, because, like, I'm pretty, let me help you out here. It's like having a friend. Okay, you're with a friend. And you get invited to like this get together with another group of friends. And this friend doesn't know that group of friends. So you're like, no, we're gonna come, I'm gonna introduce you to everybody, it's gonna be cool, it's gonna have a fun time. You're like, yeah, let's go, get together. That was uncomfortable, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was uncomfortable for me too, that was weird. I didn't like that. All right, so you go there and you're all hanging out, having a good time, chilling. There's a dog there you weren't expecting to see, so you're really excited about the dog. A lot of head nods there, I know you all feel me on that. So you're hanging out, and then over in the corner, you hear your friend talking to this group of friends you just introduced them to, and there, you hear something like absurd. And you're like, whoa, hold on, that can't, nope, nope, nope. You walk over, you're like, hey man, come on, we'll be right back, we'll be right back. And come bring it over. Man, what are you saying? Like, what? You're making yourself look bad. You're making me look bad. This is not a good look. You're jeopardizing the relationship I have with this dog. It's, it's for real. Like, this is crazy, okay? And Peter's thinking the same thing, minus the dog. The dog wasn't there. But he's thinking the same, like, what are you talking about? You just said you're Christ. You said I'm right. And then here I am, say, like, you're saying all this stuff. That you can, I can't be correct. And it's just, it really blows me away that Peter is literally just rebuking Jesus right now. Like, what? And it comes to, like, I came to this concept of the idea that, like, the ideas that we have and the ideas that, like, Jesus has, they clash, right? Like, Peter's idea of what the Messiah is supposed to be does not match up to what it really is. And Jesus is saying, this is what it looks like to be, this is me, the Messiah, this is what happens. And Peter's like, no, that's not right. But we know Jesus is right. And then it's just, it's clashing, it's clashing. And then, this is where it gets really good. In verse 34, Jesus then talks about taking up your cross. 
And for me, when I think about like taking up your cross, I think of it like a visual thing, like literally getting up every day, putting on the cross, all right, let's go, let's do it, right? And then Josh mentioned my necklace. Um, and like, it's like I, put the, I take this off before I go to bed every night, and I put it on every morning. And, and for those of you thinking, first of all, if it's real or not, mind your business, okay? <laughs> mind your business, and the second thing is it all shines the same when the light hits it, all right? <laughs> all right. Some of you are like, yeah, it's totally fake, and you're totally right, but it's okay, it's whatever. <laughs> but just think about that. And like, take up your cross. Like, so Jesus just got done saying, this is what I have to do. Now he's saying, this is what you have to do. And Peter's like, oh, this can't, the audacity of this guy. Can you get a, get a load of him, right? Yeah, it can't be right. And like, think about what it means to, to take up your cross in today's society, today's culture. It's kind of, to me, I think about it as like going against the grain, right? Going against social norms, kind of like saying like, hey, money, not that important. It's not. Or like status. Ah, I don't need that, no. I'm good. I know where my identity is, right? That's abnormal in today's culture and society to kind of like combat that and say, hey, no, that's not really that important. But this is right here. And so... As I said, Jesus is calling us to do the same thing he's doing. And Jesus says, hey, if you're gonna follow me, you gotta do the same thing. And that's a tough pill to swallow, especially right now with Peter. Like, Peter's really struggling with this right now. He's really having a hard time believing that. And then he goes on to say, give up your own way. Or in the scripture it says, Man, you must deny himself, you must deny yourself, right? And so, there's a question that gets posed, like, why is an abundant life attached to a cross? And in this context, in this time period for the Romans, the cross symbolized humiliation and terror. So the disciples have to be wondering, why is an abundant life attached to humiliation and, and terror? Why? That can't be right. That doesn't sound right. But Jesus is saying, this is, this is what it takes. And God sometimes asks us to do things that are absolutely insane. Like, I, I don't know, Jesus. I don't know. From, from over here, it looks pretty good, what my plan is. Like, did the math, it all lines up. I don't know what you're seeing over there, but right here, looks great. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I can assure you it's not. Let me, let me help you out here. Like, you want me to pack up and move where? That sounds absurd. You want me to take what kind of pay cut? For real? Why? Why would I do that? And in verses 35 and 36, Jesus tells us why. But whoever loses his life for my sake in the gospels will save it. So Jesus is saying right here, I'm not trying to cost you anything. I'm trying to give you everything. Right? Not trying to cost you anything. I'm trying to give you everything. Because attached to the cross is an empty tomb. And that's a promise. And that's what Jesus says. He says, when <laughs> attached to the cross is an empty tomb. That's guaranteed. Oops. Wait. There we go. We're good. Sorry. Yep. Appreciate it. Thank you, Josh. Um, good. Good flow here, Alex. Good job. All right. So he's, he's saying, you know, I'm trying to save your life, not cost you your life. And sometimes we may ask Jesus, like, why, do, why are you trying to make me give up these things? 
Like why, like for me, I talk, I'm gonna mention money a lot because that was a big part of me surrendering the, the concept of like valuing money. So why is money not that important? I just wanted to support a family. I wanted to support you know, whoever and just live good for myself. Why is that such a bad thing? Or like friends, why do, why do I have to step away from that friend group? Yeah, maybe they're not the best influence, but like I, I don't get caught up in everything they're doing. Or like, or like parties or whatever like that. I'm not, I'm there, I'm just hanging out. I'm not doing anything, I'm just chilling. Why do I have to give that stuff up? Why do I have to step away from that, Jesus? And he's really just trying to take care of your soul. And again, it goes back to the idea of how, how often do our ideas and our ways conflict with the ways of Jesus? Because he's promising us an abundant life if we give up certain things, deny ourselves, and live for him. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's a hard concept. I still struggle with it sometimes, too. It's crazy to think that you have to kind of get away from what you've always known and just kind of give it up to God. But he says the return on investment that, like, I'm going to give you is untouchable. It's the best thing ever. It's guaranteed. You give this up, I'm going to fill it up with something better. Guaranteed. There's no question about it. Jesus don't lie, right? It's, it's for real. It's crazy. And doing all of this, it can kind of feel like a threat, right? Yeah? Head nods? Yeah? All right, sweet. Thank you. Ooh, that scared me for a minute. All right. So yeah, it can feel like a threat. It can be, thanks, Tanner. It can be kind of scary. It can be kind of scary. But I'm going to kind of dive into some of these points that I have. And if you're a note taker, this is where I'd say take notes for sure. Um, but it can be very hard to step into this. And it's one thing to say, but it's another thing to step into it. So I'm gonna go ahead and dive in here. And the first point I have um, is humility. Simply put, you're God, I'm not. Right? Josh talked a couple weeks about the vision that, I, that Isaiah had, being in the presence of God and the seraphim. And he's like, as soon as he's there, he's like, whoa, that difference is insane. Like that, I get it. I see the difference. Like, you're God, I'm not. Yep, I get it. Cool, sweet. And that's something that's tied into humility that we have to have and just kind of set that pride aside because we live in a society today where accomplishments are broadcasted and it's like everything's a highlight reel. Social media, highlight reel, right? It's like how, how many retweets can you get? How many likes can you get? Whatever. What's your ratio? I don't know. And then it's like some of you laughed. You get it. You feel me on that one. Respect. But um, yeah, money, relationship, and status. It's, it's, it's so prominent in today's culture. And we have to set that aside and say, like, that stuff just doesn't matter. Because this is what Jesus is calling us to do. And it, his promise is guaranteed. There's no doubt about it. So God's saying, be humble. Follow me. Let me give you an abundant life where all of these things that, that society deems so important, they become minuscule. And what is important becomes important, and that's what I'm going to fill you up with. Next point I have is vulnerability. God wants us to be vulnerable with him. He wants us to be open. Like, think about the, what it looks like to take up the cross, like my little visual I had, just being right here. You're open, right? You're susceptible to attack. That's how Jesus was when he was on the cross. He was susceptible to attack. He couldn't defend anything. That's what he wants us to do, is be open to him. 
right? And going against the grain, we're gonna get attacked because it does not, it's not normal, right? It doesn't make sense to not care about this and care about that, what Jesus is calling us to care about. It's not normal. So when you're, when you're vulnerable with God, he's gonna, he's gonna, he promises you, be vulnerable with me, let me help you, let me give you an abundant life, let me fill you up, right? He wants, he wants to see your heart. He wants to see your bank account, he wants to see your account. Like, whatever's going on in your heart, like, man, let me get that. Let me work with it, let me fix it up. Let me, let me pour into it, let me make it better. Or let me see your bank account. Yeah, I know it's a little, you don't like showing your numbers, whatever, but I promise you it's not that important. As important as it may seem, it's really not to what I'm trying to give you. Or your calendar. Now, how often are you spending time in scripture, praying, whatever? You want to, and I know you want to, but let me get in there and let me like help you out so you can spend a little more time doing it. All right, let me fill you up with that. Another point I have is discomfort. It's a very weird and uncomfortable feeling, like giving all of yourself to Jesus. It's odd. Think about the skydiving example, right? Think about, Tanner told me at the 9 a.m. that the suits are actually really, aren't that uncomfortable, but let's just pretend they're very uncomfortable. And let's pretend they didn't have your size and you're a size smaller than what you anticipated, okay? So they didn't have your size, you have a size smaller, it's really tight, uncomfortable, okay? So thank you. And you're really uncomfortable in this suit and you're like, ah, this is awkward, this is, this is uncomfy. But God's calling you to jump. And when you, when you jump, I'm sure that's the last thing on your mind is how uncomfortable that suit might be. Very last thing, right? And being in a new environment or stepping into a new season or a new whatever, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable. New job, new school, whatever. And the first two weeks, it's just, it's kind of rough but after those two weeks, think about like when you find your groove, right? You're cruising, you're good. That just, you're like, I was uncomfortable? That's crazy, because I feel really good right now. And that's what it takes. You have to kind of step into that discomfort in order for God to be like, hey, don't worry, it's gonna be, it's gonna be okay. Just let me take care of it. All you gotta do is just do it, right? The last point I have is called sacrifice. Sacrificing your understanding. Like, some things happen where we just don't understand why they're happening. Like, God, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why this is happening. I, like, truly, I don't, and I don't have an answer for it. But you know what? I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you in that. And it's sometimes very hard to do. It's, it's still hard for me. Shoot, I ask why all the time. And it's not a bad thing to ask why. But sometimes we won't get that answer. And sometimes we have to be like, all right, I don't know why but you know what? I'm gonna let you be God, God. Um, let God be God. I'm gonna just let you do your thing and trust you in that. And you're surrendering a lot when you do that, but God replaces with something better, right? So I have an example, a story of mine. I would play community college baseball, Lakeland Community College two years ago uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. And I had gotten so caught up in what society deemed like, this is what it takes to be successful in this field, right? In baseball, this is what it takes to be successful. And I would have class from nine to three, and from three to nine, I would just be doing baseball stuff. And it just consumed my life. And that's all I was worried about. This is what it takes. I have to sacrifice friends, relationships, event, whatever. I have to sacrifice, because this is what I want to do. And it could be the same for you with like entrepreneurship, your job, whatever the case may be, I don't know. But 
this is what it was like for me to work through this. And one time I came home and my mom was still up, surprisingly. My mom goes to bed like 7 p.m., gets up at like 3 a.m. God bless her. <laughs> she's amazing. Shout out, mom. Love you. But, um, but she's up and she looks at me and she's telling me about something my little brother's going through. He's like in middle school and it's something we've all experienced at some point. And I'm like, why didn't he talk to me about that? Like I could have helped him through that, whatever. And she said, honey, you're never home. And that hurt. And she didn't say it in a way to hurt me purposefully. She didn't say it to be mean or rude. And she just told me the truth. She's like, you're never home. And that shook me up. That shook me up big time. And then that's when I realized, like, what am I sacrificing? What am I trying to sacrifice right now? What am I really sacrificing? And it's a relationship with my brother and my family for this thing that really isn't that important. Baseball at that, in that moment became this big. It became that big. And I was just like, yo, it's not, that's not it, man. God's like, listen, I'm trying to shake you up here. This is not, this is not it. This is what's important. This is what's not. And it's, and it's, very, it's very difficult. And sometimes it's hard because like you pour so much into certain things and you just don't get anything back. Think about a friend or family member, right? You just pour a lot into them. You get nothing in return, nothing. And then God's asking you just give it to me a little bit. And you're just like, I've given so much. Like, I, don't, I can't do this again. But God's saying, no, 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 no. Give to me and I'm gonna fill you up. I promise you I'll fill you up. And he does. He's going to. Guaranteed promise. And he gives you an eternal life out of that. Empty tomb, right? I come back to the skydiving example before I wrap up here. And right now it's like you're on the edge of the plane and God's telling you to jump. He's telling you to jump. So just jump. And the, the thought you have when you're in the air, thinking, man, I really hope this parachute opens because I don't know. I don't know if it's going to or not. But God says, yeah, it's gonna open. And what God says is the truth. And so when he says it's gonna open, it's gonna open and you're gonna land safely, right? So before we dismiss the communion, uh, Josh is gonna do it. He's gonna come up and dismiss but um, I just want you guys to think about some things as you're praying. Uh, just three questions. First one is, Jesus, who are you to me? What do I need to give up? And how can I surrender? Just think about those three things. Let the spirit move. Let it move in your heart. Open up your heart to receive. And just let them work. So thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all. Love y'all. And give it over to Josh. Um, man, Alex, seriously, thank you so much for being, I'm not going to put it in my pocket here. We'll put it right there in your notes. Right there at the corner. Is that good? It's good. We yeah. can print them off again. No, we got more copies. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, did yeah. that just look abundantly disrespectful? <laughs> oh, that's the kind of leader I am. That's Love right. you, man. Love Feeling encouraged. Yeah, there you go. Here's my gum. Um, no, but uh, seriously, guys, will you just give it up for Alex one more time? Seriously. Thank you. That was his first time ever preaching, like ever. And I'm just like so blessed by that. Like God gave him a word. And man, when he was talking about surrender, I don't know what was going through your mind, but we all can relate to what he was talking about. The moment where it feels like God is trying to reach into our hearts and either take something from us 
he's like, no, I, I know this feels good, but I'm going to return it with something better. Or the moment he tells us to stop doing something, we're like, why would I stop doing that? And, but a lot of us have also experienced what's on the other side of obedience. It's like you feel the discomfort, you feel the vulnerability of it, but what is on the other side that Jesus really does straight to stay true to his word? And so as we're in communion, I'm gonna invite you to, to grab communion and circle up with, with two or three, four people and just work through that, that second question. Like, man, is there anything that God, like that as we were talking, you go, man, he's been asking me to kind of give this up or to move away from this and I've been hesitant and it's been hard, but this is something if like the Holy Spirit was putting on my heart. And then maybe even talk about, here's what it looks like for me to take a step in that direction. Because anything, anything that Jesus is asking you to surrender, any place where he's saying, hey, I need you to come and give this up, he's gonna return it with life <laughs> 10 out of 10 times. So let's stand together. You can exit towards the middle and come to the front or the back. There's communion tables in all four corners of the room. So exit towards the middle, come to the front or to the back, grab communion, circle up chairs. Let's just share a little bit about what the Holy Spirit was doing in our hearts. And sometime before you leave, find Alex, shake his hand, tell him good job. He did awesome this morning. <laughs>